1: Hello and welcome to another Arse blog Arsecast on ArsBlog.com in association as always with OleOle.com, the football community website and details of OleOle.com's fantasy football game. Uh, will be coming up a little bit later in the program and you can discover how to join the Arse blog League on that. Uh, lots to talk about. I've just come in. It's about uh, 20 to 10 at night when I'm starting this. And I've just come in uh, from playing football. Um, we lost, unfortunately, our first game of the season, 1-0. Um, but there you go so lots to talk about Um, there's the Champions League draw and there's David Dean and his new friends. So a, a bit to sort of get my head around before I, I start recording all that stuff. Uh, coming up as well, we've got the man in the bar. He's got another player history. The Mug Smasher is here uh, for a little chat about Arsenal and Liverpool and just, you know, stuff in general. Uh, as well as that, we've got a bet of the week with thanks to bluesquare.com. That's www.bluesq.com. And um, I think that's it, but that should be enough. It should be enough. Oh, beer of the week this week is um something called Moosehead. It's Canadian beer, and it's got a moose on the front of it. Mmm, hang on, hang on. Mmm, tastes like real moose. Mm. So we'll start with football, I think, and and look back uh, on the games that we played uh, since we last uh, spoke, or since I last spoke, and you last listened. We had Manchester City last weekend, and uh, it was a good goal by Cesc Fabregas that won it in the end after Robin van Persie had missed a penalty, and... um yeah, what can you do? Three points against the league leaders. Um, Performance-wise, we, we could have been a bit better, a bit sharper. Adi Bayor was in for his first game of the season and didn't really do it. But that's his first game of the season. His sharpness will come and his fitness will come as well. Uh, the most important thing, obviously, was to get the three points. And um, after missing a penalty, a lot of sides can, I don't know, let their heads drop a bit. But not this Arsenal side and not Cesc Fabregas, uh, who's on a goal-scoring run... Uh, Like he's never been on before, I think, because he followed that up uh, with a goal against uh, Sparta Prague on Wednesday night. The Sparta game was uh, more or less finished after seven minutes when Theo Walcott squared for Thomas Rosicki to score against his old club. And he was a bit sort of apologetic. I saw a little wave over to their three fans. Sorry about that. Uh, But that more or less killed the game. And as a spectacle, it killed it as well. But to be honest, to be honest. Uh, I'm a bit tired uh, of all the exciting games. You know, I'm tired of us going a goal down and and sitting on the edge of our seats and trying to, I like sometimes when it's all very comfortable and you can just watch the football and not worry and not be anxious and not, you know, have little, that's my heart. I hope it's not really what my heart does, but. Um, you know what I'm getting at. So it was nice just to uh, to be able to sit back and, and just watch. And uh, again, we had uh, Diaby in for his first game of the season. Like addy Bayori he didn't have a great game, but he'll get his fitness and he'll get his sharpness. Um, some changes uh, from the game on Saturday. Theo Walcott started. We had Eduardo up front, and uh, I thought he looked quite lively, I have to say. A little bit in and out of the game, but in the last 10 minutes when we brought Fabregas on and when we brought uh, Daniilson on, uh, he, he really seemed to get in into it. I think that's because maybe he moved out to the left-hand side. The way he skinned the defender for Fabregas' goal was was fantastic, and uh, he got a goal himself in the very last minute of the game, which will do him a power of good, because if you don't score for a new club and there's a lot of pressure and the level is higher here uh, than it was in uh, Croatia, and people start to ask questions and they don't have the patience that they used to have, and he'd be written off and called all sorts of names, and that just makes all, uh, that makes everything worse. So it's good for him to get off the mark as well as that, the goals coming from midfield are tremendously encouraging. This time last year, uh, we might not have won the games that we've won because uh, we were too reliant on our strikers. But now Rosicki's off the mark. seska has got three already this season. Leb is off the mark. And uh, it's good that these guys are chipping in with goals and it's making a, a real difference. On Sunday, we've got Portsmouth, who are going to be uh, tough opponents. They brought in some good players this summer. Uh, they seem to have uh, kept Saul Campbell off the pies. Uh, Laron is there as well. Can is there. So it's a real Arsenal old boys um, situation going on there. But hopefully we kick the crap out of them on Sunday and, and take uh, another three points. Um, Like I said, the, there's lots to talk about. The Dean stuff and, and what have you we'll uh, come back to uh, in just a while. But um, earlier today, uh, before any of this broke, I, I sort of spoke with the Mug Smasher just to to get a little bit of a an informal sort of blog chat thing going on just to talk about uh, how he views Arsenal how he views his own team you know the ones the, the scousy cunts. um so um here here's the mug smasher. okay joining me now on the arscast um because you know he's here and i don't have anyone else this week is uh, the mug smasher hello mug smasher boo <laughs> Uh, it's lovely to, to have you back on the show Hello um, I can see you're as expansive and and <laughs> eloquent as you always have been What would you have me say? No, well, we'll talk We'll no, talk Okay, now. We'll talk now Because even though Arsenal-Liverpool is
2: some weeks away it's an indefinite period of time ta- Do we know when it is? I know the, uh, the Emirates game is in April Yeah But uh, other than that The Anfield game we don't know yet No, sometime between now and April Okay <laughs>
1: Um, well, we'll talk about Liverpool then a little bit Because um, uh, Rafa Benitez has, has been given a big chunk of money to spend this yeah, uh, this summer He most certainly has And um, he bought um, a Jewish guy
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yes Are oh, You signed Benayoun, did you? No, obviously um, uh, Fernando Torres was the, the biggest signing of the summer mm. um, What have you made of him since his arrival? Uh, I think he's fucking tremendous. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know if he's going to score a lot of goals, but he scares the shit out of defenders.
1: Yeah, wh- what is—is is it his spots or his pace? Uh, yeah,
2: his his lady like poise. <laughs> no, he's just. I think he's just quite good. Yeah, his pace and and his' controlled. He's he's quite clever, and uh, he's been running. Uh, he's running defenses ragged. I'm quite enjoying him. Mm, his goal against um, Chelsea. Mm. was was Henri-esque. It certainly was, yeah. It was magic. It was a lovely ball and uh, he skinned Ben Haim which is always good to see.
1: Not literally,
2: sadly. (laughs) No, you're not allowed to do that anymore. It's Uh, a
1: sad day when they, uh, you know, when they said you couldn't flay another player. mm. I miss that kind of football. Mm, Park football. Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, no, I'm quite happy with our squad.
1: Voronin looks like um, Emmanuel Petit crossed with a serial killer <laughs> and Michael
2: York Michael York yeah he's got those crazy eyes manimal mm. um, yeah he's he's odd he, he's, he's similar to Coit in that he just bugs the shit out of the defenders he never stops running mm. but he was knocking them in in pre-season uh, and he scored a couple of goals during the season so far so um, I quite like him
1: yeah uh, you also got rid of um, Craig Bellamy oh that's good though that's
2: good <clears throat> pardon me Thanks, West Ham. Yeah. What was that? Nine million? Something ridiculous, yeah. That's fucking So w- while he spent a lot of money, we actually recouped a good bit on, on the people we shipped out. Who else went out? Oh, loads of people. Fowler. All Zenden. In. Free transfer, free transfer. Igor Biscan. <laughs> um, yeah, I do no. uh, Cinema Pongal went.
1: They mm. got money for him as well, didn't they? Got uh, five million or something.
2: Yeah, well, he played well last year in yeah, Spain. yeah. I can't remember. Who else went? Somebody went for stupid money as well.
1: Ah, it doesn't matter.
2: Anyway, he hasn't spent as much as people like to make out. Well, the
1: pressure's on, though.
2: The pressure is on, but, yeah, it's going to be a better season. Already, I mean, the way we handled Toulouse, I know Toulouse weren't particularly good, but neither were AZ, whatever their name was, a couple of seasons ago, and... We struggled against them. Mm. We have a proper squad now, you know, where where the, the people coming on can actually make a difference rather than just fill a gap. Good options on the bench. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm fairly uh, optimistic about the season. Okay. No bold predictions, but I think we'll win the quadruple.
1: Okay, well, come April in um, in, uh, in Ashburton Grove, if you're still fighting for the title, and Arsenal are still fighting, it's going to be a good game. It should be, yeah. We should go to that. Okay. All right then. It's a deal. Okay. Um, Arsenal, are you surprised that um, Arsene Wenger hasn't been more busy in the transfer market?
2: A little bit, yeah. yeah. I am a little bit, um, as I'd imagine you are. I am. I'm. I'm shocked. Um, we have. We only have three strikers, really, don't you?
1: No, well, we've got Eddie Bayor, Van Persie, Eduardo, and Bentner. Oh, Bentner. I've about him. Theo Walcott can play. Through the middle as well. Apparently, Arsene Wenger said Diaby can play through the middle, and I would imagine that Alex Song can play through the middle, seeing as he can play in, apparently he can play in <laughs> centre half. If he can't play in centre half, why does he keep playing in midfield where he can't play at all? James mm, Lehmann suspended,
2: Almouy is suspended. Alex Song is going in goal. Yeah, you never know. Mm. You know, John O'Shea has now played in every position for Man United. Every single one. Every single position. He came on as a striker a couple of weeks ago. Big lumbering oaf, but that's why they don't sell him.
1: It is good to have that versatility, isn't it? Yeah, he's shit in every position.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but back to Arsenal. Yeah, do, do you see Arsenal as as uh, as title contenders? I think he could be, yeah. Everyone in the media seems to be writing you off. Uh, it reminds me of Liverpool two or three years ago, the year we won the Champions League. The, the year you didn't win the title? The year we won the Champions League. Oh yeah, okay, okay. That's the year we're talking Alright, oh, that one. When everybody was writing us up. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's made a fuss about Henri, but you know, he didn't play last season, so uh you still have most of the same squads. hmm And uh I, I think you'll have a good year. Okay. I think you'd be there thereabouts for, for most of the season.
1: Alright, if you had to pick now um a a winner of the uh of the Premier League as it's now called. Um obviously it's gonna come from, I suppose, Arsenal, Liverpool, United, uh, and Chelsea despite the the best efforts of some other teams to get into that
2: mm. top 4 um my heart says liverpool but my head says chelsea chelsea yeah it's ominous they're not even playing well and they're they're winning and uh, it's making me vomit out of vomit from
1: various orifice or just the one orifice
2: i uh, my ass mostly oh. mm. that's the worst place in the world to vomit from i got to stop eating all brand yeah certainly and uh, curry curry all brand curry yeah yeah that chicken curry you made the other night was quite hot. It was indeed. Then I had all brown for breakfast the next day.
1: <laughs> I'd say your work toilets were a fucking mm. joy to behold the next day. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. you go to the ladies on purpose. <laughs> I know
2: this. Um. Wh- what about uh, the teams to go down? A derby. Yeah? Are gone, yeah. No question. And I, I just think Sunderland and Birmingham are going to go.
1: You think Sunderland will go?
2: I do. I do. I think the the first... That, first game of the season was a fluke uh, and they haven't looked remotely premiership class since yeah and uh, and uh, yeah it's going to be a horrible season and uh, bye bye
1: they've bought a lot of players though
2: they have yeah not many of them have been any good though no and a lot of money has been invested in the club mm. I, to be honest I'd like to see them stay up just I don't know why because of the Irish thing and I can get free tickets
1: well hey. who, um, but it means actually having to go to, to Sunderland
2: Mm. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Um, well, I mean, you, I wouldn't go with you. You're not invited. Okay. All right. Fair I'll enough. Bring, I'll bring my other friend. On the whole, uh, best of luck to all of you fucking idiots Yeah. This season, yeah. You realize that when you come over
1: in, in April, there'll be people that have listened to this and will remember that you have called them fucking agents.
2: Yeah, but I got such a hard time last year that, uh, you know, it can't get much worse than that. Well, that is true. That is true. I have to say
1: I felt um, delighted. (laughs) (laughs) I will see. I'm not saying anything because I'm not getting into this whole, if I say something, I'll I'll tempt fate, the result will be bad, and then, you know, Mm. then you will be the one dispensing the hard time instead of the one
2: receiving it. Okay, well, we'll we'll see you in April. We'll see you in April.
1: Okay, well, we'll talk before the... um, the Liverpool Arsenal game at, at Anfield, whenever that is, sometime between now and, and April. Yes. Mug Smasher, thank you very much. Goodbye, now, bye Thanks. Mug, bye, bye, bye. And uh, big thanks to the Mug Smasher. He'll be back, I'm sure, on another Arsecast, um, sometime in the future, probably when we're playing Liverpool next. Now, um, before we go to the man in the bar with the player history, just tell you about the oleole.com fantasy football game. Uh, it starts on September the 14th, so if you haven't quite managed to get involved in a fantasy football game and they've all started and you're weeks behind, you've still got a couple of weeks to, uh, to get involved in this. You can check it out at oleole.com forward slash fantasy football. You can play any one of five top European leagues, those being England, uh, France, Italy, Germany, and Spain, as well as that, there's a European super league where you can choose your players from, uh, across all those five leagues, and the prizes are are pretty awesome. There's great stuff like uh, merchandise and uh, T-shirts and all those kind of things, but um, other prizes include PlayStation 3s, and the grand prize for the winner of the European Super League is a trip to Austria, Uh, to Vienna uh, to see the final of Euro 2008, its accommodation, flights, match ticket, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, So it's well worth joining up for and trying to win that great prize. It's oleole.com forward slash fantasy football. Now, the man in the bar is here and he's got a player history.
3: arse blogger, ah there you, that reminds me of that song, ah uh, so it does you know the one with the black fella who looks like he's got loads of food in his mouth still and he was in the video going out with this blind girl and she made an old model of him out of plasticine, that's right, and then she was at home reading her own braille book bum 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 and he rings her up on the phone and her book closes and she'll never find her page again, will she that's right, that's the song, oh What a feeling! Oh, we're dancing on the ceiling! Um, Anyway, this week we're going to tell you about an Arsenal player called Martin. No, not Martin Hayes. Not Martin, um... Well, there is no other Martin that I can think of. It's only Martin Keown. Now... Martin Keown joined Arsenal as a schoolboy around the same old time as Tony Adams and he was a central defender as well but him and Tony were never the best of friends you see competitive when they were in the old schoolboy section and then when Keown came back Tony Adams preferred to play with Steve Bold and play alongside Steve Bold, I should say. But Martin Keogh made his professional debut for Brighton and Hove Albion and made a few old appearances for Arsenal before he got sold to Aston Villa in 1987. And then he got sold to Everton, which was a bit unkind, I suppose, but what can you do? In 1993, he was re-signed by Arsenal for £2 million. And I can remember I was on my way to to the old shopping centre when I heard it on the radio and I was thinking, that's a bit of a strange one. But he came into the side and he was used as a man-marker. Rash, they used to call him because he was all over the other player. That and the fact that he had a whole pile of red, sore, (laughs) angry-looking... She sleeps hot, even when the weather outside is frightful. Jack Frost
0: here likes it cool.
1: Introducing the new Sleep Number 360 smart bed. Now temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together.
0: But will it keep me asleep?
1: Yes. It intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you both effortlessly comfortable. Will I have more energy for holiday shopping? Does Rudolph have a red nose? It's the final days to save up to $700 on new Sleep Number 360 smart Beds, plus special financing. Ends Thursday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself, treat yourself to candy.
3: spots up his back when they had the shower they go look, look at his rash uh, it took him a while to establish himself in the Arsenal defence because old Steve Bold and Tony Adams were in there but when Steve Bold moved to Sunderland, Keown took his chance and he was a fixture in the defence for years to come His finest moment came when Rude Van Nistelrooy missed a penalty against Arsenal at Old Trafford and Martin Keown jumped 18 feet in the air and landed with his arms on Van Nistelrooy's head going, You, you fucking Dutch horse looking cunt fisting bastard, you missed a penalty, you fucking shite hawking wanker. Oh, I miss days like that, I have to say. Nowadays, Martin Keown runs a donkey sanctuary in Essex. And his favourite donkey is called Tony. True.
1: The man in the bar will be back, of course, with another player history on next week's Arsecast. Now, on to the biggest story, I suppose, of, of this week, which is rather a shame that this is dominating the headlines, I have to say, when the team are doing so well. We've made such an encouraging start to the season. We've got a really good Champions League draw, which we'll come to uh, towards the end. Um, But this is overshadowing everything. Uh, Yesterday, sort of lunchtime, uh, rumours started to... Um, filter out that David Dean had called a press conference um, for half past four in the afternoon and that it was going to be about him selling his shares to a Russian. There was all these people, uh, myself included, that thought it might have been Berkovsky. And if I'm not pronouncing his name right, I do apologize. Um, so uh, speculation and rumor. And then uh, uh, the press conference took place. when we discovered that a new investment company called Red and White, and I'll quote this, established specifically to hold equity interests in Arsenal. Red and White is jointly owned by Mr. Alashir Uzmanov, um, again my pronunciation, and uh, a leading Russian businessman, Mr. Farhad Mashiri, a London-based investor. Uh, in his role as chairman, David Dean will develop proposals, blah, blah, blah. So this company has been set up to... um. Uh, hold equity interests in Arsenal. Now, um, what benefit does holding equity interest in Arsenal have when directors don't get paid dividends? If they're not on the board, they're not paid salaries. So it's not like you're uh, owning 14.58% of something that is going to generate you money every year, you see. So obviously, um, you would have to think that uh, they're going to increase their Equity in order to get themselves uh, into a position where they can then start making money on the money that they've invested because they're not just putting money in for the laugh and go. Will we buy fifteen percent of Arsenal? Just you know, yeah, I've got a spare, whatever, seventy-five million. Yeah, lasha, why not? We'll just put that money there and we'll own fifteen percent of Arsenal. We go and we we'll watch the football every couple of weeks in a box, maybe. No, that's not what is happening. Um, David Dean is the chairman of this particular group. Um, so that would mean he would be their representative. It would mean that should this equity group uh, increase its stake or indeed take over the club, that David Dean would then be the chairman of Arsenal Football Club, which I think is exactly what, what David Dean wants. So let's talk about David Dean for a second, because there are a lot of people that, uh, that picture David Dean as a messiah. Some kind of figure that's going to come back and and make Arsene Wenger buy uh, twenty million pound players in the transfer market, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera. Well, Arsene Wenger said he had money this summer. The board said he had money this summer. Arsene chose not to spend that money. So, some bunch of rich guys coming along and adding to the transfer pot that we already have is no guarantee that Arsene Wenger is going to spend the money. So, let's put that to one side. Uh David Dean, he did good work for Arsenal over the years. Sure. Absolutely. I think there's everybody would would uh, acknowledge that. At the same time, David Dean got a lot out of his good work uh, for Arsenal. He got very rich. He got uh, involved with the FA. He was on the board of the FA. He was also involved in the G14. He was chairman of the G14. So it did a lot for David Dean as well. It wasn't that he didn't take anything out of it. Um, People say David Dean is a, a real Arsenal man. Uh, he talks, he says, I've always had the best interest of Arsenal at heart. I have a love affair with the club since I was six. I firmly believe uh, the involvement of Red and White with a significant stake and the long-term commitment of Arsene Wenger are absolutely the best outcome for the club. As if Red and White's involvement in the club um, has any bearing on Arsene Wenger's uh, long-term commitment. David Dean hasn't been on the board. Let's look back to when David Dean was sacked by the board. When they discovered that He um, had encouraged Stan Kroenke to to buy Granada shares and then had sort of uh, suggested that he could get more shares, enough shares that they could make a takeover bid for the club. As it stands now, Stan Kroenke owns whatever he owns of the club, 14 or 13% or whatever, uh, that he bought the Granada stake and then added to it over time. But it was David Dean that got Stan Kroenke involved in the first place in order to... uh, make a takeover for the club that David Dean will be the top man uh, again at the club and Cronky would be the major shareholder and all these new money will come in. Oh, look at all this money we have that we don't spend anyway. So let's look at David Dean's commitment to Arsenal football club. Will we, how committed is David Dean to Arsenal football club? Well, he's so committed to Arsenal football club that he just sold his stake in the club, the club that he loves. That's so close to his heart. He just sold it to two guys uh, for 75 million pounds so david dean's commitment to arsenal is you know about getting rich perhaps well he has got rich he's just sold the stake in the club that he loves Yes, yeah, so much he sold it but only for the good of the club of course you have to realize that it's only you know in, in the best interest of arsenal football club that he took 75 million pounds off these men now these men um russian oligarch Ali Uzmanov, I've had a number of emails uh, since this news broke from people extremely uneasy at having somebody like that as a significant shareholder in the club and as a a member of an equity group, which is going to try and increase its stake in Arsenal. We know how um, Russian oligarchs behave and get their money, don't we? Reading from The Times yesterday... It says, within hours of Dean's press conference, Shillings, the lawyers, issued a statement on behalf of Usmanov, and this is what their statement said. It said, we refer you to a matter of historical record concerning our client. Mr. Usmanov was imprisoned for various offences under under the old Soviet regime. We wish to make it clear that our client did not commit any of the offences with which he was charged. He was fully pardoned after President Mikhail Gorbachev took office. All references to these matters have now been expunged from police records. We would point out that Mr. Usmanov does not have any criminal record. Okay. Good job they made that really, really clear, isn't it? He does not have any criminal record. He never did anything bad in his life. And just, whatever, just don't talk about him doing bad things. Because he never did them. There's no record of him doing bad things anywhere. It is the first step to a takeover. That's what this is, no question about it. Stan Kroenke's shares are there. Now that David Dean has decided that his Russian friends are, are nicer, you know, will Stan Kroenke's shares be snapped up by this uh, red and white investment group? I think they probably will, and that will give them somewhere in the region of 27 28% of the club, a few smaller shareholders, and then they can get themselves in a position where they can uh, launch a takeover bid. It can be rejected, obviously, but it still puts them uh, in, in a much better position. And just a quick word on Stan Kroenke, because I've always been uh, opposed to the takeover, as I'm sure you know, but it's always been based on how that takeover was going to be funded. It was never anything to do with uh, him being American or having a terrible mustache or having a reasonably amusing surname. It was to do with none of those things. It was all to do with the the finance, etc., etc., uh, given the fact that the club were putting themselves in a better financial position. But you look at Stan Kroenke now, uh, compared to these guys, and and he just seems like a wonderful option. Perhaps that's the idea. Red and white is going to sell their shares to Stan Kroenke. now. I don't think so. I don't think so. But Stan Kroenke's history is involved in sports and retail. That's how he made his money. And we know how Russian oligarchs made their money. What sort of money would you prefer to have at Arsenal if you had to have a choice? It's easy, isn't it? As Arsenal fans, we talk about Chelsea and we write off um, anything that Chelsea do on the football pitch because of the way that they have uh, built the club. The club has been built uh, in a short period of time with a huge wad of cash. That's exactly how Chelsea has been built. We slag off Abramovich for this, that, and the other. But if we let these guys, Usmanov um, and Moshiri, um, is that how you pronounce it anyway? Who cares what he's fucking called? But if these guys take control of Arsenal Football Club, then... To me, Arsenal Football Club is no better than Chelsea. To me, Arsenal Football Club will stop being the football club that uh, I've loved since I was a little boy because it's just, it it won't be the same. The successes that we've had have been built on um, values and traditions that won't be there and won't be upheld by these kind of people. Um. Obviously, you can't say too much about them. But if you start Googling, and if you have a read of some of the articles, you can see that the business practices um, of Usmanov present questions. That's a good way of putting it. And um, Russian oligarchs, in general, have got to where they are through uh, normally um, questionable behavior. Shall we put it like that? So if these guys take over Arsenal Football Club, then... I don't know. If what your football club means to you depends entirely on what happens on the pitch, if you can only feel the love for your club when you're winning trophies, if having £20 million and £30 million strikers is the only way that you can get behind the club, and it seems to be that there are more and more people whose interest or whose support of Arsenal Football Club is conditional on various things. Arsenal has always been a club that is, I suppose, we haven't always done it, but I suppose we've tried to do things the right way, whether it's the players wearing blazers, whether it's all the players wearing the same length shirt. There are traditions and values and ways of doing things that that Arsenal have always um, tried to do well, and try to do um, as correctly as possible. Like I say, it hasn't always been possible, and we've had our dark moments like any other institution. But we look at the new stadium as an example of a way of trying to increase the revenue of the club, the profile of the club, the support of the club, the success of the club, and the new stadium was uh, designed to do that. And it was done the old-fashioned way, with hours and hours and hours of hard work. And that's the only way to do it. Quick fixes aren't, they're just not right. And if these guys come in with, with their money and they come in and start throwing it around, and then Arsenal, for me, is not the same Arsenal that it was. And it makes, uh, it would make, um, it much more difficult to be as uh, passionate about the club. On the other hand, though, let's look at it. These guys have bought in. Uh, nothing really has changed at the moment. If anything, I hope that this will um, increase the resolve of the current board uh, to oppose any takeover uh, like this. Uh, but I do fear that this is the very first step to a takeover and it is a shame that it's uh, it's come at uh, a time, like I said, that it's uh, sort of overshadowed what's going on on the pitch. Uh, the, the press conference was called by David Dean um, at the same time as the Champions League draw, more or less. So David Dean can get the headlines, and really what happens at Arsenal, who Arsenal draw in the Champions League, uh, is irrelevant. Uh, This whole thing is leaving uh, a very sour taste in the mouth, I have to say. As far as I'm concerned, if David Dean had a big lump of polonium 210 tomorrow, it couldn't happen too soon, and he could take those two fuckers with him, and they can cunt the fuck back off to Russia and leave us alone. That's my final word on it for now. Because I seem to have waffled on for um, quite some time, and um, I, I apologise for that. That happens sometimes when I get a little bit upset. And there you go. Uh, we'll finish on an upbeat note, though, will we? Because um, the Champions League uh, draw was uh, was made yesterday evening. At the same time as David Dean's press conference, didn't you? Know? But it took place, and uh, we got a very good draw, I think. Uh, Stau Bucharest, Slavia Prague, and uh, either Sevilla or AEK Athens, and you'd have to think that Sevilla will be the team uh, that will go through there. Uh, You have to say, that's that's a very nice draw, isn't it? It is a nice draw. Uh, So, um, something to look forward to the games against Sevilla should be very good. Uh, this week, obviously very sad in Sevilla because of the, uh, the death of Antonio Puerta, really, really sad. Uh, as well as that, um, there was a young Queens Park Rangers footballer who was killed uh, last weekend in a car crash, uh, called Ray Jones. And just another sign of why Arsenal Football Club is Arsenal Football Club. Um, Ray Jones was an Arsenal fan and, um... Robin Van Persie uh, sent a a shirt of his to the QPR training ground with with a little note to say in memory, a sad loss to football. A really nice gesture uh, from Van Persie, a nice gesture from Arsenal Football Club, and uh, you can look at the Queen's Park Rangers official website for that. Um, I said I was going to finish on an upbeat note, didn't I? That wasn't very upbeat, so I better tell you a joke. Um, Why did David Dean cross the road? Because he's an orange cunt. I was gonna put some candle after him, but I figured, you know, didn't really need it. Finally, finally, for tonight is our bet of the week. With thanks to Bluesquare.com, uh, it is five to one for Thomas Rositzky to score and for Arsenal to win against Portsmouth. If you don't have a Bluesquare account, you can sign up on the side of the uh, Arsblog homepage. You get a twenty-five pound free bet. Uh, so click on to www.bluesq.com. Follow the link off Arse Blog, or follow the link at the bottom of today's blog and you can sign up there and Arse Blog makes uh, three pence for every time uh, you make a bet uh, over nine million pounds, something like that. It's all good though. Um, that's it. Talk to you on next week's cast Cast uh, over and done with. Thank God for that. Hello? Who the hell are you guys? Yes, we are, uh, Russians. Yeah, so fucking what if you're Russian? What the f- What are you doing here? We are your, uh, new owner. The fuck do you mean- What do you mean new owner? Get the fuck out of my house. No, we are a new owner. It's true. We buy all Arsenal website. You bought every Arsenal website? Yes, it's true. We buy them all. Gunner blog, Ars blog, Arsenal world, Arsenal land, uh, East lower. Good player, Gunner boy, Gunner, online Gunner, everything. We buy them all. All of them. Even Arsenal Mania. <laughs> we look stupid to you.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.